Thanks, as always, for listening to Fluff and Crunch. In today's episode, Chris is going to provide some feedback on and poke holes in a very rough draft of a magic system for a higher magic world using 2-die-20 that I came up with with some of my players this last weekend. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Did you get any gaming in this last weekend? Uh, nope. Got, hadn't recovered from COVID, so we still couldn't play Strad. COVID is so last year, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, it's just, uh, it's so done. It's kind of I think we should move on to something else, like maybe a land war in Europe or something. Well, I'm hoping that's going to work. Oh, wait a minute. Hoping that'll end. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. As soon as, like, well, ideally, by the sounds of at the moment, as soon as Putin's advisors go, yeah, actually... We're losing to a really well. It's not yeah. a small country. We're losing. Loads of our people are dying. We probably want to call it a day. Yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. That's um. That's why I've uh, I've maybe backed off my desire to play Twilight, the new Twilight Two Thousand. Like it's a little too close to home. <laughs> well, a little too close to now. Yeah, it, it uh, very much. I'll is. hold off until that's full fantasy. Um. But uh, but I had a good I we I had a non game but I met with half my group this last weekend because uh, two of the people in my four person group are a, a married couple and their um, their son is in a band that like plays shows and stuff like that so his his band was was in town so they wanted to go see um, see him play so the other two of us uh, met and talked about what we're going to talk about today and came up with some what I actually think might be interesting ideas or an interesting idea or two about how to do as we call it higher magic yeah. in two die 20 um and uh yeah I'm really interested to to know your thoughts on this and those of you who are listening look us up on on Facebook um and uh or or track me down on the are you on the, the Modifius Discord server? Uh, I can't remember. I don't think so. I feel like I haven't. Gone. Yeah, I don't think so either. But uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Love to hear your feedback about this. So um, how do you want to do this? Where do you want to, where do you want to start? Uh, I think it's mostly on you. I think you, you talk and I'll ask questions as they come you, up. Okay, so your job is to ask questions and poke holes. Like, seriously. Okay. I, I really think that's so here's what we set out to do. Um, and we recognized initially the challenge in doing this. I mean, putting aside like fiddly rules and all that. It, it seems to me that all of Modiphius's iterations of two die 20 take into account the story and the setting. And then the rules changes and the rules tweaks come as a function of that. Yep. And so our challenge on the front end of this was, well, we don't, have a setting or a story. And if we're thinking higher fantasy, you know, that is more readily available magic in more varieties uh, that doesn't eat your soul or melt your brain like it does in uh, Conan, um, 
or give you like, you know, make you bleed spinal fluid out of your ears eventually like Octun Cthulhu. That's, that's what we were aiming for. But, but we had no world that we could, um, we could try to shape rules based on. So we recognized that that was a challenge and we, we kind of, we accepted, it seems that we were aiming at a, an, an unmentioned, ill-defined, vaguely D&D-ish kind of world. So take that into account. And here, here's what we, after a lot of discussion, what we came up with, and we are now going to, two of us are going to work on, and hopefully at some point in the near future, we're going to, we're going to try out at the table and just see how it goes. Instead of trying to come up with a vast amount of spells, you know, like Walmart shelves full of spells, instead of doing that, what we decided to do was come up with a system by which casters, caster characters, whatever, players could make up their own spells, but that there is a, a defined system by which those spells are created. So there's some level of parity or consistency between them. Now, this would, after we came up with this, we opened up the 5e player's handbook and converted some spells just to try to get a sense of like, yeah. how would this look? If we wanted to have a spell that looked that did like this, how would that be? So that's what we did. That's what we came up with. And we didn't get farther, didn't get much farther than that. I mean, our our idea was that you would have access to this spell building yeah. mechanic if you had a talent that would make you a spellcaster. We talked a little bit about different kinds of spellcasters, but we really weren't, we were less interested in, and we focused less on like the, um, the character building side of it and more just the magic system itself. So here we go. So what we came up with is this idea of there, there is a base spell template, okay? And that base spell template, players would then modify it based on an economy of points that they would gain and spend within this this mechanic so the uh, the idea of a base spell template is that it starts out at difficulty zero okay the range yeah, yeah. is close complication range is normal so complications are rolled at a 20. uh the damage we we went back and forth on the damage uh but i think we settled on uh the damage initially being your power rating you know, in Octun Cthulhu, you start off with a power rating, which gives you, you know, so we started off at that. No challenge <laughs> dice. You, the base damage of a spell, if it does damage, is your power rating. Yeah. Um, and then the there were no effects. Base spell has this base template comes with no effects. And it comes with what we called an essence loss. And we're not wedded to that word, but just working title. An essence loss of one, just a flat one. And the idea that obviously, and this is, I think this is where we, we started to run into a challenge is also like non-damage spells. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So this is primarily and most, it was easiest to work with this when it comes to spells that would cause damage of some sort and other effects with them. So the idea here is that it's difficulty zero. So it's kind of like a cantrip. It's, it's setting you up for a cantrip. You can cast it all day, but it doesn't really do a whole lot. Okay? So in this case, you could just say, well, I'm just going to treat this as this. Like, I have this talent that gives me access to spellcasting. Um, let's say I have power two because I'm this kind of a spellcaster. And so I'm going to have um, like a little, like, a, you know, lightning, lightning strike or a little, you know, little lightning bolt, whatever. You're going to zap someone. 
It's difficulty zero. The range is close. Complication range, like I said, is 20. Damage is your power. There are no effects. So you're just, you're just, and it, it, you lose one essence. And we talked about using essence would be essentially a, um, an additional track that would be based on your, um, what's it called? Your governing stat. And then uh, probably like your, if you had a resilient skill or like a mental fortitude skill, we hadn't, we hadn't worked out that detail, but the idea would be essentially be a stat plus skill track. And that would then create the break, the B-R-A-K-E, on how much can you cast in a day. You're going to eventually eat up your essence in a scene, and you're not able to cast anymore. Uh, we talked some about um, what would happen if you took, you know, what happens if you take five all at once? Because obviously in all Modiphius systems, if you take five points of any kind of stress or whatever, something bad happens or something more challenging happens to you. We talked about that also. But now comes the, the, the system of spell creation and building, okay? So again, this, is, this starts out at difficulty zero. Well, we know that difficulty maxes yeah. out at five. So we weren't, um, we weren't wedded to this, but we came up with the idea of like spell building points. So you gain spell building points one of three ways or a combination of three ways. You increase the spell's difficulty, you increase its complication range, you increase its essence loss. So what we had is, um, you know, difficulty is you get one spell building point per additional difficulty. So you could, you could gain five if you cranked it up to a difficulty five. Uh, complication, we had at one for one, bringing it down to um, a 15 or above. So you yeah. could get, what, four, point, four points out of that? Uh, I'd be 16, but yeah, you can go four points. I use five points again, yeah. so, fifteen, but we don't. That'd be a complication range of right. six. So, but yeah, yeah. So we were so 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 up to the maximum, like the normal, what seems like complication range. So you can harvest some points by increasing the complication range. You can also harvest more points by um, adding to essence loss, which we had as additional challenge dice. So that's how you would then you would uh, uh, you would harvest you would build up a, a, an account of these spell building points and incidentally we talked about and we hadn't nailed this down but like when it comes to essence loss would there be an effect with that you know maybe you get an additional one spell building point for each effect that you layer on to your spell that could you know come back on you yeah do you get drained does it a backlash whatever all those effects that are already in all these rule books then, so you have this, you have this pile of points, spell to build, spell to build, spell building points. Now you get to spend those um, to increase the uh, the range. Costs one to move it to uh, medium. Um, costs an additional two to move it to long, and to put it to like extreme or over the horizon costs three so it's like in most of the systems additional momentum dice the first one's one the second one's two you would spend six to make it be like into the next county or something like that so you can increase the range oh incidentally because the base range in the template is close you could cash that in and make it touch and get a point yeah so then damage uh, you would spend points, and we were initially just going one for one. 
you know, to add challenge dice, you would, you know, you'd spend one spell building point, you get a challenge die. One spell building point, challenge die. Um, we decided that adding effects would cost two each because effects can be kind of brutal. Um, but obviously, we haven't tested this. So yeah. the idea that you spend the spell building points to extend the range, increase the damage, and add effects onto the spell. Um, and then you have a spell. And the idea, our idea was that, and this is where we started to kind of wander into, like, well, what kind of a world would this be? Um, you know, the, the, the idea that like, if you were a wizard, like your traditional wizard who learns from books and learns from study and studies other people's spells and then creates his or her own spells, that there would have to be some kind of a mechanic for how do you either learn a spell so that you know it, Mm -hmm. And now you can just like, you have defined it. Like here it is written on a file card. It's difficulty two. It has a range of close. It does this much damage, blah, blah, blah. It's defined. I can just use it until I run out of essence. Or what does it take to create your own spell? We didn't talk in detail about that. We really just talked about the construction of a spell in this. And so looking into um, the player's handbook, we found uh, Chill Touch, which is lame because Chill Touch is not a touch spell. It's actually a ranged spell. So the title lies. I think <laughs> it should be like something else. So we called, I, I created a spell called Chilly Touch, where you actually have to touch. And per this system, we got two points, two building points by increasing the difficulty to two. We reduced the range to touch, which gave us an extra point. And we decided to increase the essence loss by two challenge dice. So it'd be one plus two challenge dice. And that gave us two more essence loss. We kept complication range where it was. So that gave us five points to play with. And what we decided to do was add three to the damage. So it's going to be power uh, in challenge dice plus three challenge dice. Uh, and then we decided to add the drain effect as well so that's where we spent our five spell building points on this spell that's now a difficulty two has a range of touch um, this damage set in there and has the effect of drain but we were able to think like okay well could you could you make a spell that slowed someone down well there's there's um uh what's it called um what's the effect that that uh like restrain or grab or whatever i i didn't realize there was one there's an effect in yeah, there is one that that restricts your um your mobility. So that could be, you know, like uh in, in you know the old D D like the druid spell of like, you know, where vines come up out of the ground and grab you. Or you put like snot web on someone and it glues them to the ground. Um yeah. that works. You know, you you put that effect on there. If you wanted to say, well, I, I'm I'm gonna hit you with this cold spell and it's going to, you know, fatigue you. Well, drain, you know, drain is already an effect that's there. But again, what our idea was is just, you know, we could, we create this system that enables people to create their own spells. And this then provides some degree of consistency because we're all using the same like point by economy. And I think it would also ensure some level of one of my players is like he's really big on the idea like man magic should be scary magic should be a little bit it should be untamed it shouldn't be this like perfectly quantified concrete thing it's really just another kind of power 
it ought to scare the other people in the party a little bit. And so by virtue of giving players and GMs the ability to create spells, you don't really know what, what this spell is. I mean, if you wanted to burn a bunch of points and have like fire tendrils, you know, like flames that grab you and cause per persistent damage, you know, that would be something someone's like, I've never seen that before. That'd be kind of cool. So what, what, do you, what do you think of that thus far and what holes can you poke in it or what holes have, have, have I left in it that I didn't even realize? Yeah, like I, I've, I've said previously, I think the thing that you need to look at for something that's very, very similar is how Genesis does its magic. Um, because Genesis is doing literally the same thing you're doing that you have, a uh, it doesn't work like a punk bite, but there's basically a, there's a handful of sort of spell areas. It's like attack curse that basically buff D well, it's basically, it's like buff and debuff, um, utility spells, damage, uh, control, a couple of other things. And like, if we just take the, the damage spell as an example, like you said, a standard, it's like got things. So when you want to increase the range, the difficulty goes up. If you want to increase the damage, difficulty goes up. If you want to add effects and stuff, difficulty goes up. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. I've never read the Genesis book. So, which is which is exactly which is exactly what you're doing. So, um, I think the difference there is you, you can do the spell of flavor, which I was never keen of because then it's very easy to go like, I want to add. You know, someone has to sit there adding the effect, the things up, trying to work out the spell every time they want to cast it. Whereas I think it should be, you know, I always think of these things, it should be done before. It's like, fair enough, if you want yeah. to do it on the fly, there should be rules for doing that. But when the default is always doing the spells on the fly, the minute someone wants to cast a spell, it will just slow down unless they have sort of pre-written out spells that... What, what we thought know, this, of, this, we, this, we talked this, about that. And um, it, you, you could conceivably create spells on the fly. Mm -hmm. However, I think that would be a, a setting decision. I personally would say... No, because I think that would slow the game down to like, you know, yeah. geologic speed and would not be fun. And, you know, we, we talked about the idea of like, well, wait a minute, couldn't you incur like all of a sudden you're you're used to casting this spell at one of my players made, I think, a really good point. For example, with like some kind of like fireball kind of spell, this is something as a wizard you would have practiced, 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 and it would be down to like this mental arcane muscle memory um, and you would be used to casting it like at a certain range and you would know that. And so making it go farther or closer would be out of your, like your muscle memory. And so he's like, well, couldn't you spend, I was like, wait a minute, the system already accounts for optimal ranges for weapons. So we don't have to worry about that. The difficulty of the spell would go up because it would be a, yeah. a skill and, and stat role, you know, like Octun Cthulhu to cast the thing. So we've already got that baked into it. I would not want a building spells on the fly um, system because it would just, it would slow things down. I think the thing with something like this is it's having to fine tune it. So already straight off the top of my head, if you wanted to do a spell which has some kind of effect and you want to do, you want to make it like reasonably damaging and you want to, throw it to the next area medium it sounds like you're having to add like four lots of difficulty which straight away a relatively basic spell is difficulty four and you go right well i only want it to be difficulty two but then suddenly you're bringing the complication range down and the it, it, it i think you'd have to be very careful of it's a very different balancing act between making spells right. like too easy to do that like oh, i can always succeed on them and therefore they do tons of damage really easily and trying to make spell because you think th this is 
<clears throat> this one, you know, D&D get this both right and wrong. You know, perfect example is at level five. So level five, you can cast level three spells and level three spells give you access to, you know, lightning bolt and, and, and fire, um, fireball, which do a reasonable amount of damage. The important thing is they hit multiple people. So suddenly you go from a situation where you're not doing a huge amount or you're only doing like single damage. Uh, suddenly a wizard is able to damage lots and lots of people. Um, which is then like, you know, that's what the wizards are doing. The, you know, the, the warrior guys are doing low, like the rogues doing loads of damage to one guy and the wizards start being able to do damage to, to lots of people. But obviously they can't do that all day. Um, obviously that then scales up. So you have that, you know, the classic, the linear fighter and the quadratic wizard thing where the, you know, as you go up, the, the fighter has more damage as they level up and the wizard isn't. They're taking out huge chunks and, of, of loads and loads of people. Um, the thing with that is you have to make a decision really early on. Is yeah. it going to be balanced? You know, do we care about balance or not? If you don't care about balance, it's a bit easier to kind of go, right, well, it, there's kind of a part of me that thinks when you add a, when you add a difficulty dice, you spend a point, like you said, like your magic points on a damage, it shouldn't just add like one, it should go up or it should be how much damage a success gives you. So rather than have like, you know, a spell does this much default damage, it could be, bear in mind, you have sure. extra successes. You could just be spending momentum on because that's the other thing you've got. So whereas in, you know, when you cast a D&D spell, the, the D&D spell says you roll to hit and it does this much damage or you don't roll to hit and the area does and it does this much damage, people get yeah. saved. So those are the kind of mechanics already built in. And 2D20, you've got kind of two things. You've got, you've got a to hit roll, which generates you multiple success and therefore momentum. Um, and then you've got... Uh, and, you know, and then you've actually got the, like the damage that's built in. So it might be that you kind of do a trade off of like, well, you know, the difficulty isn't that high, but you have to spend momentum to get higher amounts of damage. I, I think this is the part of the thing that actually think, although a system that in principle lets people create spells is a good idea. It's so hard to get right. That probably what you want is the GM is going to like, when you're doing this is that you will create a bunch of spells, maybe in conjunction with the players and then anything like that someone kind of what you've talked about previously with acting Cthulhu, that when someone wants to create another spell, you look at an existing yeah. spell and you like adapt it. And like what you're talking about, it's a good idea to have a framework of roughly this, but I think when you're going to try and do it very, very points based, you'll probably get the situation where either spells are underpowered or they're overpowered and the only way you're always going to get it right is by sort of just tons and tons of practice and you probably haven't got that you know that's the kind of thing where you have you know multiple play test groups or testing it over a year you haven't got that kind of time um so yeah I, I definitely think you want a template but i think you need a bit more wiggle room on the kind of almost the kind of thing where you kind of go right what do we want the spell to do so you kind of write, I want it to be this much damage. I want it to momentum to be spent on this. Uh, I want it to have this effect and I want it to be, uh, and I want it to be this range or I want it to have an area effect as well. And then kind of go, right, my toolkit says that that should be this many points. And they look at it and think, right, but actually if I, if this is an eight point spell, right, an eight point spell is going to be difficulty four. It's going to have an essence four drain um, and a complication range of two. Mm actually it's not even that good a spell right let's and that's kind of when you put it all together i think they'll maybe there's a discount for you know when you do multiple things or the other thing like i said previously using like an archetype not classes but like a ta a, a tree uh, like a talent tree type thing that kind of says like a uh, low level talents you can only add x amount of damage 
you can only ever add one effect to a spell. Um, you can only do single target spells and then you have to kind of get to the next level which now says right now you can go to the next level of damage which you know does like doubles the damage or you, you know, know another thing that, that thing. you just made me think um, of with that is something that we talked about at the table is um as far as i can tell in octone cthulhu your power is fixed yeah i i'm sure they said you could increase it and i can never find where I, no, I, I don't. I don't think you can. I, I have dug through both yeah. books. I can't. I mean, if there's some place between two pages or whatever, somebody tell me. But as far as I know, that is fixed. Our idea was that over time, the way that you're. I mean, obviously, if you increase your stats, your governing stat, and you increase the different skills that you use most often in casting spells, you're going to become a more powerful spellcaster. But I also like the idea, like if I were going to create a magic setting for 2 die 20, I would have power or whatever I call it. I would have that be adjustable with experience. Like over time, you as a caster, you get better. You're able to store more oomph and punch harder through the arcane. Now, we also, we talked about that, but we also talked about the idea of maybe that would give you some kind of a discount on points yeah. as you become more powerful. Like you're just more efficient. Yes. So that could be a way to work around it. I think the biggest issue with this about a point-based economy for building spells, I think you're absolutely right. It's You're either going to make these things that are going to be way too easy or it's going to be so hard that it's like, who the hell wants to be a spellcaster? Um, although in a weird way, if you have power and you have your stat and you have your skills, if those are things that you can increase over time, I wonder if the spellcaster would then feel more like a first or second edition wizard or magic user rather, sorry, magic user. because it would be the squishy, the squishy character who then later on, several adventures later, suddenly gets a lot more oomph, whatever. But I, I think the idea of figuring out how to discount those things, like maybe you could have a talent tree, you have spellcaster. And then under like, like a Conan or Infinity style talent tree, you could have a, you know, sub talents or whatever that, hey, you're really good at doing damage. Yeah. So you pick that up and that discounts it. You're really good at, you know, reach out and touch someone. Um, you're really good at adding range. Uh, you know, maybe you, you pick up a sub-talent that enables you to, like, pick an element, yeah. you know, like fire. So anything related to fire, effects related to fire, like persistent or maybe intense, like you could justify that. It's like, hey, man, you got third-degree burns over you. That's going to keep hurting. Yeah. That's persistent and it's intense. Those kinds of things then become cheaper because of your specialization. I could see that as a way to not like necessarily reward players for focusing, I, I, but I, give them the opportunity to build their I, I think that's a really way, good way of going through it. So, because kind of you can see straight away how that will work. And there's already precedent for it. If you look at kind of, again, you have to go back to like Conan and Infinity where you had talent trees. But that's essentially what you have. You would have like such, such a talent. Um, the first level of difficulty due to range is ignored. So if you fought, if you yep. fired your weapon at a longer range than you were meant to, or there was cover, you just ignored one of those difficulty things. Like when you hit someone, you automatically, if you were successful, you generated a free momentum. You had to succeed, but if you did succeed, you got, yeah. and you know, those kind of things. And that's that. yeah. So you could easily have a whole bunch of talents, which then dis essentially discount your spell making or have the kind you know of things that you, you generate momentum. Therefore you're going to have more momentum when you cast the spells, your spell will be more powerful. You could actually have either two separate, like you could have two, two branches to this talent tree because 
you have spell creation and then you have spell casting. Yeah. And obviously you need both. But I, I like the idea, in principle at least, or theoretically, I like the idea of someone who wants to play a spellcaster, like a wizard, thinking like, I'm going to create my own spells. Well, part of the creation process is tweaking it and all that stuff, but then once the spell is created, it's a fixed entity. Like, that's at least my conception of this. Like, yeah. once you build the spell using the points, it's done. Now, if you want to ignore the first... Um, difficulty increase for range maybe you create maybe we do a talent that enables that or you have a talent that tamps down on the range increase cost yeah during the creation process or you could have both yeah i mean that would just give you like more fiddly bits to to play with um in creating and in running the character not creating but creating the spells and then actually using them in different situations yeah. Uh, no, I think you've spot on there. I do that. It's like, it's, it is worth one of the things you didn't mention about doing is because you talked about sort of like from attacks, spell anyway, you talked about sort of range, uh, range damage, and then effects. If you're comparing it to weapons, you need to also consider quality. So you think there's certain like weapons have qualities built in, which are, you know, you don't have to run an effect. They just always do that kind of Good particular point. thing. Um, and so the kind of thing like that would be, Again, if we come back to like fireball and lightning bolt, those aren't just how much damage they do. It is so the how they work in terms of an area. So you yeah. could kind of you could kind of say, oh well, it affects everyone in a zone. But of course, that's not what you want because the zone could be massive in in two D twenty. So the whole point of lightning bolts is it fires in a line and fireball hits everyone in a you know in a radius. Um, so it's another thing you need to consider when you've got spells which. For the, at the moment, you don't really have in 2D20 would be but kind of like the, literally the area effect. Is it a single target spell? Yeah. Is it an area spell? Is it a straight line spell? Um, because those, that's another thing that you have to add on to it. So as well as, you know, the range is like how many people does it hit? But again, that's a nice, easy thing to, you know, when you most, you know, you start with spells at a single target and then if you change it into being a, an aura or a, you know, like a pulse out, or if it's an area, you know, it hits something and explodes, or if it's a straight line spell, then those would all be extra difficulty because they're going to hit more people. So it well, should be harder. That's what, so what we were thinking forward. like with, with fireball, you know, if you add, if you spent, let's say, let's say we settle on two, two build points to add a single effect. So you pick area. Well, the rules for area are already for each effect you roll, you hit an additional target for full damage. That's within close range of the original target. So it's, that's one of the great things about yeah, effects. I had not thought about weapon qualities. That makes sense. Yeah, you, wouldn't de you definitely wouldn't say, well, area is the whole zone because there's already a definition of how area yeah, effect stuff yeah. works. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, here's where we also hit something of a wall and then we got tired and we all went home. Uh, and it, it, what about non-combat spells? Non-damaging spells, that is. Uh, something like charm person, you know, that becomes a contest. How we figure that out and what the contested role is by the target, you know, that's something I, I don't think would be that difficult to work out. But that becomes a contest where we we ran into trouble is what about something like a tensor's floating disc? How much can it carry and how far can it go? One of my players said we could use truths, which makes a lot of sense. But yeah. then the question is, like, how do you adjudicate, like, can it pick up a hamster or an elephant? 
So, I mean, again, I refer to the same thing. You need to go and have a look at the Genesis core book because they they literally have things in there which they refer to as sort of utility uses of spells. Mm -hmm. So, like every one of these sort of spell things has a like an in combat where there's like a big table of anything else utility use. In other words, it's out of combat. And when you use an out of combat, it's pretty much kind of like the GM just says, you know, you kind of a standard like this difficulty one to five. You know, the GM is just going to say, all right, well, to do this kind of effect, it's this difficulty. So I think I think that's the easiest way to do it. It would be that the player says, this is what I want the spell to do. And the GM says, this is the difficulty of that spell. Or you go, right, well, actually, we'll have a discount on that spell for the difficulty, but the essence drain is is higher. Um, I think generally you don't want to mess around with the complication ranges unless it's like crazy powerful or, you know, like summoning demons kind of thing. I think most of the time, yeah, you probably don't want the to be using the complication range that much. If you've got See, you've got two other levers to pull, so you're still okay. Yeah, I think the, the the one thing that I thought was was interesting about having having the ability to increase the complication range, you know, potentially by a good amount. I mean, even to the point that you could, if you're if you crank that complication range down by, you know, by five. Uh, you could potentially, after having some experience points, you could be successful and rolling complications. But yeah. that could that could represent a you know look I I I just I didn't spend as much time making this spell safe. <laughs> you know like hey it's really fast and it's really powerful, but it's not really it's not safe. Uh, and that's and maybe that's that's. That that's part of that whole idea that you know magic's kind of dangerous and wild. Uh, yeah. uh, if you decide to not spend points, not to cull points from, um, or gain points rather from increasing the complication range, hey, that represents a spellcaster is like, you know what, I'm going to work on this until it doesn't burn my fingertips. Yeah, I think I think it's handy to have the complication range thing there. There should probably be some sort of limit on it otherwise i can see sort of low level players going actually the the easiest way to make a spell easy to cast is to have very low essence strain and have very low difficulty but whack the complication range up yeah. because a complication range like sort of doesn't stop you know means that i can cast the spell you know like if it's difficulty one and it's essence strain one just this spell round but the complication range is on you know is all the way up on 16 so yeah, I'll probably cast a spell every time, but almost always I'll get a complication. I think there's kind of an element of like, that would be cool, but maybe again, that should be a talent which says, right, when you start off like, kind of like when you, oh, it's like, you know, it's some of the system where, you know, the limit to how much you can push certain things. Probably when you start off, you don't want to be able to go, yeah, I have my low level spells are on maximum complication range because that just opens your abuse. You probably want to limit it to like, the lowest you can go down to is 18 unless you have a talent that kind of for like, wild magic that lets you push it to the, the you know the next couple because that's what you're doing you're deliberately creating spells that are going to go call have side effects although although honestly i depending again and this is where the the challenge of not having a story not yes. having a, a setting to say this is why this stuff makes sense i'm actually okay with that like hey if you are if, if you want to be the junior spellcaster and uh and you're just like you know, I want to I want to drive every spell like I stole it, uh -huh. and you're scorching your friends like you know beards off left and right, and knocking your friends over and stuff. Like, hey, that to me, that's a perfectly viable consequence for your reckless behavior. 
And that comes out in the story. It's like, hey, if you create complications, like, yeah, you're casting these spells. You, you're, you're kicking butt with these spells, and you're a relatively uh, uh, inexperienced spellcaster. But the fact that I'm piling up threat that I'm going to come back and whop you over the head with later, that's okay. Like, I actually don't see that as a, as a I, I guess it would be, I mean, how how broken that would be, or if you could call that a broken system would be based on what the ratios are set at for purchasing. But I'm actually all right with that. I think if, it, if they're all kind of one-to-ones, the issue I can see being is that someone works out very early that, right, if I'm not going to, you know, if I roll a 15 on a dice, I don't care if that's complication because that spell, fa- I, you know, I failed anyway. So actually what's better to do is, yep. yeah, put the complication range to max, but keep the difficulty at zero so anytime I roll a single success on a spell, it casts. And then I'm going to whack the difficulty, the damage rating up. So I'm going to be throwing around, you know, high level damage spells. Um, and they yeah. either, and they always succeed, but all of this complication builds up. But that isn't necessarily going to come back to harm that player. That's harming the whole group. And eventually, mm. imagine they're going to be like, all right, this is ridiculous. Yes, you are. You're doing all this. You're way out damaging the rest of us. And all this bad stuff is affecting all of us. Um, and this is fun, but it, again, it's kind of like you said, kind of how the story goes for that. Because if it's this guy that is literally every time he casts a spell, things fly off and kill random passers by and blow up walls and collapse them on things, um, then he is more trouble than he's worth. And the rest of these players are probably going to write at the start kind of say, Look, you need to calm it down. And, um, so that could probably be quite fun, but I, I, I do think you need, I think you need to limit on. You know, right at the like you said, like this the power thing, there needs to be like a ratio, right? If you are only power level one, you cannot push yeah. your difficulty higher than this, and you can't push the drain higher than this, and you can't push the complication higher than this. As you got your power, then fair enough, those can go. Because otherwise people just like when it's when it's super open-ended with no limits on it, people will just find ways to, yeah. to break it right off the bat. Well, yeah, the only limit in this case would be how many points you could you would generate, yeah. you know, and then you have this fixed pool and you spend it. But I think that that maybe that's a, a, a good idea that if like no single, uh, you know, maybe you limit it that no single, you either can't based on your power or something, you know, if that's, if that's the break for how many of these things you can get, maybe, maybe you say your spell, you can't gain spell building points from any one category more than this yeah. threshold. Yeah because of your power or you turn it around and say you can't put any more than this many spell points into any one of the categories of the spell um the effect side of it not capital e modifius effects but you know yeah. like damage yeah. range that kind of junk i think you could, you could pick one of those two you wouldn't need to do both but you could just say i would actually prefer to do it the do it on the, the first way you, you can't gain like you have a limit as to how many points you can pull from cat from complication so that there's a there's a break although i mean again i mean story wise if you just want to live with like yeah here's our our loose cannon of a spellcaster and eventually the party is like we're going to take you out to the woodshed and and, and address <laughs> this uh you know we're going to have a wood woodshed counseling session uh and 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 solve this issue you know that's uh that could be interesting too and again, though, not having a world in which this is rooted, like 
is magic something that someone would learn either through study or whatever? Let's say, let's just like wizard type stuff. You're reading tomes and having some guy teach you how to like make your fingers look arthritic and stuff like that. Um, if it's that kind of a world, is it possible for the new spellcaster to, um, you just can't channel that much. So it's like you're a new spellcaster. It is basically impossible by the nature of magic to, you know, be the kid behind the wheel for the first time and you hit the gas and you ram into the garage wall. You know, is, is it impossible to do that because of the, yeah. the, the world? Or is magic something like, man, if you turn the hose up too hard, good luck with that, pal. Yeah. You know, and the kid's like, right, just cranks it up and there it goes. So I, think, I guess that would depend. On I think it'd be cool. To, well, again, it depends on the world. I think we'd have like different, you want different spell casting talents that are kind of replicating the kind of the different classes that we see in D D. So, you know, you have a, yeah. You have a learned caster like a wizard who they have to read books. Because of that, they cannot max up their complication ranges. You know, they have to stick to the 20 because they just don't learn dodgy spells or very rarely. But then you have like your sorcerer kind of guy who actually their magic is innate and it might be really unrestrained. And so therefore, yeah. maybe they can't cast difficult spells because they don't have the control in terms of that. But they can put loads of points into the, into the complication range because they don't control their spells. Um, and then maybe you have like your warlock type people who actually they put loads of their, they can max out the essence drain because actually that's like the thing that's given them the spells leech in their life force when they cast magic. And so they're limited that way. Um, and then like, you know, you'd have your clerics who they can do it. Well, maybe they, you know, they're very limited in what they can do. They don't get to do the fancy, exciting spells. Um, but at the same time, they can't sort of max, you know, maybe they always get a discount on every spell they cast. But they don't get, but that's the, you know, that's why we have these, you know, we have talents, which is a whole nother level, you know, to put onto it. Um, yeah, I think you're, I think you're on the right track. You know, you, you, you gave me an idea and you made me think of something that we talked about, you know, the, the idea that we looked at sources of magic as coming, there are three. You either learn it, you're granted it, or we don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and Warlock, you know, 5e Warlock fits under granted. And what I thought would be useful or interesting is each of those three would have qualitative differences from the others. Like, and you just said it, you know, maybe, maybe there are things that would be the mechanically, you know, you would quantify these things. Um, you know, maybe the, the, if you're granted your spells, you don't have to go searching for them, you know? Yeah. You don't have to go searching for them. You don't even have to learn them. However, yeah. your your potential list or the types of spells that you can build would be more limited. You know, maybe a wizard, the only way you get really good is by special I don't know. I mean, we we just we came up with different ideas. Like there would there would I would want there to be interesting trade-offs advantages yeah. or disadvantages situationally based on the type of caster you are um so yeah and i like that i mean yeah if there was like a warlock kind of caster or if there was a you know yeah like i i signed a pact with something and, and well then then we lean on essence loss because that's what the 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 great old one from beyond you know be, between the dark of the stars is is gobbling that up every time you cast i don't know but I like that. I like that. But I think, you know what, this, you, you, you make a good point. We keep mentioning talent trees. And I think this actually calls for that. Yeah. I think you'd really, 
I think there's two reasons to do talent trees. One is it kind of a, like not necessarily a balanced thing, but it structures it a bit more. It gives you a bit more of a thing to like, right, we can very easily, we can alter how different casters work and we can also sort of limit what levels they're capable of. So when you've gone down the talent tree, you get to do more powerful magic or it becomes easier or however you want to look at it um, rather than straight off the bat being able to do crazy stuff. It also then kind of says, right, well, if we've got talent trees for these casters that get to all this cool magic stuff, now we can also have talent trees for, for the non-casters in this game who are also going to get to do cool, cool stuff. Yeah. So we're going to have a range of talent tree and the rate of level one, the range starts off with a beast companion that gets to attack on his things or whatever. But you get, you yeah, know, I know, I know, I know. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's stuff Conan. Like that. So, you know. Yeah. And that's what we So, you know, Conan does it weird because you have talent trees for, for skills, but then straight away, like if you put all of your talent points into sort of your fighting skills, you become insanely good at fighting. And then you look at some of the other talent trees and you're like, these are why? rubbish. Yeah, like, why these don't give me anything useful. It's like, it pretty much always comes down to it. Everyone has like one that says, if you succeed, you get another momentum yeah. um, and you get to reroll one dice. And that's what most of them default to. And it's like, yeah, or I could just make sure if I have decent skill ratings, I succeed. But in combat, you get genuinely interesting ones. So by the same thing here, you go, right, we'll have sort of class style talent trees that, you know, not classes, because for start, they're not classes because you can buy talent trees from multiple ones. Yeah. You're not stuck in one talent tree. Um, but that does let you do more interesting stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that's the way to go. But that means like kind of before you go, it means you're having to do these two things. And I think you just to do just the magic without the talents is very difficult. I think you need to have both. And, and the hard thing then is doing the magic without the talents and skills and other, I mean, it's really, you have th this, this demands work on a character creation system, which then demands work on a setting in, into which those characters yeah. would fit. Damn it. It's like, it's like we can't reduce it. <laughs> we the, these pieces and parts must function alongside one another but again that is one of the things that i think makes these games from Modiphius so great because they each they they fit at least the ones that i play they fit yeah. the feel and the mechanics yeah. support the stated feel um instead of just being a system by which just you know yes no questions and how much questions are uh, are resolved i i prefer that but um now that sends me back to the drawing board with more work to do, <laughs> which is fine. Which is why, which is why I've avoided doing it. Because <laughs> I, I don't, the only way to do it as an easy task would be to go much more a dishonored route where mm. um, you don't have lots, you don't have momentum, but you don't have like, you know, the, you don't have a challenge dice, you don't have all this extra stuff. And so a spell would do like, like you know, any damages you get successes and everything would be super streamlined and straightforward and you don't, have yeah. to mess around with the kind of levels you're looking at. And but in that case, magic would just be free form. It would be, um, I'm thinking like, you know, how magic is in, if you ever looked at mage in, uh, yeah, in we World talked of about Darkness, that actually a lot on Saturday, where that's the other way of doing it. You just go, right. Well, there are, you know, there's 10 different magic skills and you just pre-write, okay, this is what this, these level one, two, three, four, five, that's what they all yeah. do. And you learn the separate magic skills. Um, which, and then when you do something like the difficulty is still, you know, whatever it is, but then it's all pre-decided. Um, that's, that's the other way to go. Um, 
which is another totally different way of looking at it, but it's probably less work doing that way, but then it's looking at magic like a very different way. Yeah. Because you end up, your guy can do a handful of different things, not everything. Yeah. I, I see this now. I am not familiar with the fallout, um, like weapon modification, like the gun porn system that they, they included in there. Yeah. But I see it a bit like that. I mean, conceptually, like here's here's a system by which you can do all kinds of things to create this. But then once it's created, it's created. Like I said, I'm not yeah. a fan of the idea of creating on the fly. This is something that, you know, your, your, your patron or deity or whatever has granted you. You, by some fluke of whatever, you know, you, you, you're able to channel this or you... You went on a quest and you found some tome and you studied it and now you can do these other things. Um, but they are they are like discrete in and of themselves. Like yeah. that's it. Um, and then once it's built, then it's affected by all the normal rules of range and momentum and all that stuff. Oh yeah, sounds good. Good luck. <laughs> Gee, then you're like like have fun storming the castle. <laughs> don't make it that's 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 what that was a good that's what that good luck you sounded like miracle max saying good luck uh it's because i was just remember thinking about doing similar stuff ago, thinking like it's so it's like it's the biggest thing it's you know arguably yeah. maybe that's why they haven't done it but yeah well and and um, it's interesting actually you know i'll in my final comment that the the two players i had there that night um both great players great like great role players um and really into playing their characters but one of them is very much into more like like simple streamlined more narrative rules and the other one is perfectly happy with pathfinder and yet right. they're both they're, they're they're both really good um role players which is which is terrific at the table um but they their preferences are very very different in terms of just how much do i want to have to go wade through rules and so it was, it was interesting that one of my players was just like, I mean, I could tell he's like, this is interesting to a point, but like, I don't ever want to deal with this. <laughs> it's just, I don't want to, I never want to wade through that many rules to, to do the thing. Uh, yeah. And the other one was like, I'll create a spreadsheet for it and we'll come up with ideas. You know, it's just, it's just fascinating how, how people are, you know, everyone's got a, a, a different preference yeah. for their crunchometer. No, totally true. Oh, I love messing around with crunch and stuff. It's the time to do yeah. it is the, it's the kind of the stuff. Well, and you know what it too is it, it's like, um, and, and you've pointed out some good things here that I, I hadn't considered, um, like the, the necessity for building talents and then addressing how do you build them? Are they just like talents like an Octoon Cthulhu? Or are they the tree? However, um, this is something that once you start working at it, it's like you start unraveling more and more and more, and you realize you have to build more and more and more in order to yeah. make it work. It's not just something you could, a subsystem you could build and plug in. There's a lot of other places that you have to either build or like reprogram in the system in order to make it interface properly with it. So I guess I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, this is why there are things to be said for that. When, when you're trying to hack things, it's so much easier to hack things than a narrative system. Because when I wanted to, yeah. in the past, when there's been particular properties I wanted to play in, doing them in something like Fate or Cortex, um, like super easy. Like just like yep. doing things in either of those systems, they both have massive flaws. 
But if you want to run an existing property in one, it like one in one of those systems, it's super easy. Um, and whereas two D twenty, we do not have the tools at this point to just no. do anything we want with it. No, good point. Hey, you, you do all this, and then they'll come to you and get you to write their uh, their fancy game, and there you go. And then I'll retire to a desert island. I don't think you earn that much money from writing role playing games. You know what? I I I think you're probably right. Actually, there's, there's a reason that, I don't do it. For that is it's unfortunate. Like, I remember being like much younger and being like, "Yeah, that'd be really cool if I like worked in a gaming shop all day, or if I just worked on you know role playing games." And then you kind of find out how much these people work, and you're like, "Wow, you really just have to really want to do this, and sort of, yeah. and not to have anyone that you need to have money for." Yeah. So it's just well, it's like you know, you know, so well done on those you, people. But. As we say, so instead you turned to the lucrative public education racket. That is, that is a good point. I still don't earn that much money, but I earn more money than I would if I was doing that. So. That's that's the joke that we call it. Yes, the, the, the lucrative <laughs> public education racket. So anyway, um, okay, cool. This is good. This is good. You give me food for thought. I will bring it back good. to my one spreadsheet uh, ally. And uh, we'll, we'll work on it. And when we have something more actionable, I'll, uh, I'll bring it back. But if you're listening and this is of interest to you, um, find us on Facebook and, um, and drop some comments. Because as I formalize this thing, I'd, I'd love more, more input. Um, it's always great when you get people who can point out things that you don't notice or, uh, or offer suggestions that enable you to take a big leap because you've been banging your head on a wall for a while. Mm-hmm. So that'd be great. Very cool. Okay. All right. Thanks again. And as always for listening, uh, like I said, track us down on our, uh, our Facebook page, Fluff and Crunch. Uh, you can still email us at Fluff N Crunch. That's a letter N, not an ampersand. Uh, Fluff and Crunch at tutanota.com, T-U-T-A-N-O-T-A.com. I would love to get real emails and not ones from Nigerian finance ministers who want to transfer money to my account. Uh, And our next episode will be a discussion of the Cortex Prime rules. Uh, That I am not at all familiar with, but Chris is, so I'm going to read them and get familiar, and we're going to talk about them and give some feedback. So thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.